How are you? Very well. Good to see you, Maria. Lovely to be with you once again. And this, uh, I don't know what the weather's like down there. We're, we're going through a little bit of a, yeah, a less than cold spell. It's always cold, but it's like less than cold. So so I, th I think we're going to have a fun. This is going to be a, we've got so many cool things that we're going to be I'm quite excited about. about this one. I'm excited about this one. And um, do you know, speaking about with the weather being a bit weird, I had to go and turn, I've got my heating keys coming on because it's been cold, but I had to turn it off because I'm a bit warm. This, my studio is warm. Uh -huh. My studio is warm, yes. And because I've got my lights on too because it's getting darker. So I'm a bit, can you see I'm lit? See, I thought you'd be very techy and you'd have like some, an app on your phone that could suddenly switch your heating on and switch the lights on in your house. Um, yeah. Do you know, do you know what? I, 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 I have got all the gear, but I have got no idea. <laughs> I don't know how to connect it up. Don't seriously. I'm not kidding. I need, I've got all, I bought everything. I have everything you can possibly imagine. Don't know how to use 90% of it. There you go. That's what it is. Anyway. Good, isn't it? Yeah. Shall we, uh, shall we get on with Are the we show? Are we ready? Then? Shall we, shall we press the, shall we, shall, I will cue the titles. Cue press the, the music. Cue press music. The cue music. Cue the music. Did you like that shorter music? That, that, that was great. Wonderful, wonderful. So I am James Taylor, keynote speaker uh, yes. of innovation, creativity, and artificial intelligence, and the founder of Speakers You. And I'm Maria Franzoni, and you can see that we have rehearsed, but Maria forgot the running order. Brilliant. Anyway, we, welcome. We, we said the right things, just not necessarily in, in the right order. That's that's all. That's all. So, um, Maria, what's how's your week been going? What's been happening your week before we get into things? Yeah, would you know what? Before we get into things, I have to tell you that I am reminded how dangerous it is to work from home. People say most accidents happen in the home. And earlier this week, um, we actually just finished a building a gym it's taken us months because it's been difficult to get parts and labor and it, the gym is ready and so my man and I we're going to use the gym so what does he do this weekend he puts his back out Ooh. and you will have you'll never guess how you'll never guess uh, do I want to know he was flossing his teeth <laughs> that's <laughs> I kid you not <laughs> that's going to be one of those things when you know at the end of the year when they have like the, the 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 ministry of health and they say like the most common causes of accidents in the home flossing of teeth that's going to be that's going to be up there now but we moved all the heavy equipment together we carried it all across from the house into the gym really heavy right no problems at all flossing his teeth anyway how about you how's your week been it, yeah it's been a very good week um i was actually doing a lot of prepping for some MC stuff that's coming up, some, a big virtual conference in the Middle East. So once that was all done, and it was my wife's birthday yesterday, so we I ordered, this. Is, what I love about people, other people's birthday in your household is you can buy stuff that you really want. So um, I decided to order from, this is in East London, it's called La Fomagerie, and they make specialised, they specialise in vegan cheeses. And so we have this introduction to veganism selection box, which includes a vegan Zola, yeah, and a, a chamembert. So there you go, and lots of wonderful cheeses. So, so this afternoon, once we finish doing this today, I'm going to be enjoying some uh, some nice vegan cheeses. And uh, one of our London Speaker Bureau lovely people over there, Caroline Hunt over there in New York, I did an event for her early in the year, and she kindly sent me a lovely bottle of champagne. So we're going to be opening that this afternoon. So. 
it's going to be fun. But anyway, let's. We should probably get on with the show. Yes, yes. What are we doing? What are we talking about today? We've got we've got three things we're going to be talking about today. The first is maybe a little bit of a controversial thing. There's, I'm sure we're going to get the comments as they come in here as well about virtual speaking fees. This is the 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 murky world of speaker fees. So we're going to talk about that first of all. Then I think we're going to go into the world of kind of virtual speaking platforms, event platforms, because we're having to do all those different, be on different technology side. And then finally, something you came up with, which I think is really interesting, is what every single speaker can learn from Gary Vaynerchuk. And it's not about the swearing, the curse words or anything like that. So um, so three things we're going to become. And obviously, what's, the thing we always have is our tool of the week. So we're going to be sharing our little tool of the week. So... Should we get into the first one, virtual speaking? Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm so, hoping there are some speakers who will give us some some of their feelings on this. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, so, so virtual well, speaking, virtual speaking fee. So I, I, we, this is where we want everyone. This is a this is a a collaborative thing that we're doing today. So if you're whether you're on LinkedIn, watching on Facebook, wherever you're watching it just now, please give us your comments on this as we kind of start talking through this this topic, virtual speaking fees. Um, and I've taken soundings from, I know what, I, what I've been doing in terms of my virtual speaking fee as opposed to my in-person speaking fee. I know what a lot of my members at Speakers U have been doing with their fees. And then I've just been doing a number of things for International Association of Speaker Bureaus, European Association of Speaker Bureaus, yourselves. I work with lots of other bureaus and I'm kind of seeing what they're, all the bureaus are doing as well. Um, so before I put my oar in from the speaker's perspective, I want to Maria, get your perspective on this from the bureau side, because you're hearing it from the client side. Yes, well, I'm getting it from both sides, actually. But I, I want to pick up on something you said that was really good. You said in person as opposed to live. And that's really important because virtually you could be live or you could be recorded. Mm -hmm. Um, so the in-person is where you're actually attending the event. So that's really good. So what are we experiencing from? Well, I, let me tell you something really fascinating here that's very different with regards to virtual events um, and isn't really being reflected in the fees. The lead times are much tighter is what we're seeing here in the bureaus and the client's expectations are very high. And uh, London Speaker Bureau shared an interesting fact today, actually, this is hot off the press, um, that last September, 38% of their of the events had a one month or shorter lead time. So had short lead times. Wow. This September, that is 58% of the events have one month or less lead time. That's a 50% increase. And the other incredible fact is they've got the same number of events, the same number of events, but the virtual fees are not as good as the in-person fees. Yeah. And you know, I'm not sure that that's fair or correct. What's your take on that? Well, it's, it's a hard. I mean, I think that's very interesting about the 38% to 58%. Um, for me, as a speaker, it feels like when I work with clients from the Middle East, because everything's really last minute. I mean, it, it, like the, the event, for example, I'm, I did on Monday, it was they only contacted us a week and a half beforehand. That, that's how that's how tight it was, and that's really quite common. For a lot of things in the Middle East as well, but now that's happening with virtual. Um, I, I don't know. I would say, in terms of what I've been seeing from other bureaus and talking with other clients, virtual, assuming it's live virtual, not pre-recorded, as you were saying, um, the fees have been anywhere from fifty percent to seventy-five percent of what the in-person fee would be. And obviously, there's no flights, no hotels, and things. And I think that is 
partly I think that's a function of supply and demand. There's there's a reduction in uh, events, there's a reduction in demand, and there's an oversupply. So over time, that starts to sort itself out. Maybe some speakers leave the market, decide to go and do other things, and that starts to change it. But what I'm also finding is that um, uh, that it's actually quite interesting. As we kind of go back to where I think we're going to go with the hybrid model, that I'm now having conversations. Like this morning, I had a conversation with a with a client, a bureau, and, they, and a client, and they wanted me to go and speak somewhere in person, and they couldn't quite hit my in person fee, live in person fee. So I said to them, "Okay, what about we do it virtually instead?" And so I won't travel there. Now, from a speaker's perspective, that gives you another price point that you can work in as well. It's not really necessarily working all the time just now, but as we kind of go back to where we're starting to travel again, it suddenly means that you have a new product, a new price level to kind of sell. So I think that's quite useful. Yeah, no, that's really useful, really useful. It's interesting you mentioned the fact, you know, supply and demand. Um, and in in the pre previously, in a previous life, when we could meet in person and speakers were asked to present um, virtually and maybe they were streamed in and some of the big names used to do that um, because they didn't have time to travel or didn't want to travel, they did reduce the fee slightly, but not to the same level that we're seeing at the moment. Um, and that was because they were, they were charging basically their local fee as opposed mm. to their fee if they were having to spend two days out or three days out. So there is, a, there is an element of the supply and demand thing. Um, and, and I've been saying this week that I think the earth is flat because, so the flat earth is right, because with regards to supply, you can speak anywhere in the world at a moment's notice, whereas before you'd have to have a flight that was available and a hotel that was available and you'd have to get the visa and you'd have to have all of the correct paperwork and you'd have to plan it. You'd have to have availability in the diary around it. Now, as long as you've got that hour slot in the diary or you probably move stuff around, you can speak anywhere in the world. So the supply is much bigger, much greater for speakers. So you're absolutely right. I think I think also it depends on the speaker and where they're starting from. Where, mm. well, where they, before we went into this, if if you're a new speaker that's just getting started, my general thing is speak as much as you possibly can because you're working up your crafts, you're working up your material. Just speak, 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 and and even if it's for lower fees, fine. Just I I believe get and speak, and then as you become and you build your positioning and you build your reputation then you start to reduce the supply and then that then your fees kind of start to go up. If you're a speaker who is, you know, maybe like that kind of 15, 20,000, $25,000 speaker, that's, you know, that's kind of the, the kind of middle class, I guess, of, of the speaking world, you have an option here. Um, one, and the, I always propose to speakers that speaking, like on stage speaking or, or even virtual speaking, should only make up about 40, 30 to 40% of their total income. And they should have online courses, subscription programs, membership programs, other things, books, lots of other stuff in there. So this time just now, you can actually make the decision. Okay, I'm going to switch to creating some of those other products or or really selling and focusing on those other products for now or writing that next big book. And so taking yourself, that supply out of the market temporarily to work on something. And even at the higher end, I, I was talking to a bureau this week. Um, they have a speaker, they had a client come to them. This speaker is normally over a million dollars. And she said, I'll do, I'll do it for $500,000. Simply because it wasn't, it wasn't about a money thing so much for her. It was because she wanted to make that interaction and keep her profile high as well. 
So it can, I mean, I even like, I've noticed Yuval Noah Harari, who's a fantastic, like brilliant mind. He was doing an event last week in Athens, in Greece. And I thought like Yuval, he's not the kind of person that just goes out for the sake of going out. So it's interesting seeing how different speakers are approaching this in different ways. I don't know, what, what advice would you, you give to the speakers that you coach when it comes to this fee thing? Well, I mean, first of all, I am available for any event paying um, five hundred thousand um, dollars. You know, I will clear the diary immediately. So I think, that's I think the first John, point said, John said, do, I, "Do we take payment in cheese?" Yeah, if it's my commission, cheese, my commission on cheese is really rubbish. It's, and by the time it's get it, well, it's not so good. So, what are we seeing? Well, actually, it's interesting because I was having a chat with your friend and mine, uh, Ron Kaufman, this morning about oh, um, how he's dealing with um, virtual, and he's saying that he 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 believes that. And, and I totally agree with him. The value that you deliver, whether it's virtual or in person, is the same. The fees have been reduced because of COVID. It's no, there's no other reason. There's no other reason for that because before he would have charged the same. But what he was saying to me, which of course is really, really valuable and important, is that when a speaker in the old days would go to an event, they had the opportunity to mingle with people, to talk. How's it been going? What's the atmosphere like? What's the feel for the people? Is there anything I need to know? And get a bit more briefing, a bit more feel, maybe even have lunch with some of the directors beforehand and therefore react and, and adapt the session slightly. Now, you're probably 15 minutes before in the green room, not brought in, the green room that isn't really a green room, it's just you're not brought into the the, uh, the session. Um, you're, you're having to do a lot more work beforehand in order to really tailor and customize. And it's a great argument there to say, actually, I probably need to charge more because you're going to have to do this tech rehearsal, that tech rehearsal, speak to that person. Yeah. There's a lot more work needed. And, and I thought, you know what, you've, you're absolutely right. And the lead times are tighter. So it's quite tough on speakers. And I think like Ron is a good example of that. I know Ron got into thinking about the virtual online thing kind of early on. I remember going to his his home studio in probably two years ago and he had it all set up and it looked great and he was already starting there. I see we've got David Avrin that's with us here today. David is exactly the same. He got in there really early, starting to build those studios. So for those speakers who already have some type of profile, some type of platform, it's actually it's almost in some ways it's simpler because now it's a new modality that you're you're speaking and you're training in, but you've got that big list of customers that you've spoken to in the past. So you can go to them and say, hey, I realize your conference is not gonna be happening this year, but I now have this virtual offering. That's actually much tougher for a new speaker because a new mm. speaker doesn't have all that return business that they can kind of go into. So those, those are some of the challenges. I'm just looking at some of the other ones. John saying we're getting a lot more calls for speakers from organizations who want freebies rather than paid. Absolutely. Uh, Maria, what's your usual response when you get the... Uh... I'm not very polite when, when somebody's got no money. Um, I, I, I don't think I can put this on air. So um, I usually, yes, I, I usually say it's... Um... Yeah. I, I, yeah. Anyway, let's, let's leave it at that. <laughs> Maybe let's move on at this point. Let's, let's move on. So let's talk about the next up because you, you were kind of, uh, you almost kind of foreshadowed it a little bit with talking about the technology piece. Uh, virtual speaking platforms or virtual event platforms uh, in terms of what we're seeing just now. Uh, I have a sense that in terms of what the speakers, a lot of the speakers like in terms of platforms that, that we often prefer, but then there's the client's platforms that they are maybe stuck in because they've signed up to some long-term agreement with some provider of something. Um, so when you're when you're getting you're having conversations with your clients, Maria, 
when it comes to the kind of conversation about like what platform we're using, what are the platforms you're hearing all the time? What are the most common ones? Do you know that a lot of people are using Zoom, which is wonderful because most um, speakers are comfortable with Zoom um, and um, love to use it. And of course, now you can actually see 49 people on the screen at once. You can pretend you're Tony Robbins, which is wonderful, um, which I was doing earlier this week, which I enjoyed. Um, so, uh, but there are people are using um, Teams and um, Google Hangouts and various other platforms. And is it Hopin? I think it is, or Hopin. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem is, for the speaker, you have to use whatever the client is using. And if you don't know it, you've got a learning curve. And if you've set up and prepared your presentation in other platforms before, which you're confident in and comfortable in, you're now suddenly in a situation where you might not be able to do what you wanted to do. And that can be really tough. And I don't know if that, uh, people are having that experience out there. Have you had that? Have you had to use a platform that you weren't familiar with and learn it? Oh, every time. I, if I, before we came on today, I thought, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna write down all the different platforms I've had to use over the past like 30, 40 days with different clients. So Zoom, we mentioned, yeah. Microsoft Teams, BlueJeans, uh, Cisco WebEx, uh, Webinar Jam, um, and then also uh, like there's another one called Cis uh, Cisco Events as well, which is like the fancier uh, kind of version as well. Now that's just the meeting side. That's for just like the meetings. But then there's this other batch of ones which if you're, um, like for many of our clients, the, the, the content piece, the speaker's piece is just one pillar. Then they have the, the expo, then they have, you know, sponsor booths and things. So I've also had to go in recently to Socio, Eventry, SpotMe, Bizaboo, VFairs, uh, On24, I think was one I had right at the very start. Hub, oh, yes. based up in Van Vancouver, they've got really, Ali and the team there, Hub are really nice. Um, and then, I saw one, I did one uh, last week and they were, they were using, it, it, I don't know what they were using actually. They basically designed, it felt like I was in a computer game, like I was in Tron or something. So I kind of did my bit and everything was 3D because people could wear these kind of virtual reality visors and stuff like that. And for me, it's, it's this huge learning curve, but it's really exciting as well mm -hmm. as I see the, like, Gaming, the gaming world can start to connect with, you know, live events. So I'm actually quite excited about it in terms of what we can do because it kind of makes you think, um, you know, what other ways can I communicate these messages? How, how can I use these technologies? How can I add it to my performance as well? So I'm actually pretty, I'm pretty happy. So what's up? I know we've got a lot of people here joining us today. What Carol, who else have we got here? I would love to know what's, what does everyone like? What do you like using? I know what our clients sometimes like. This is, and this I was gonna say one final thing on this, Maria, uh, from my perspective. One thing I have noticed is some of my clients at a corporate level, they say um, we're supposed to be using Microsoft Teams, but actually for this event, we wanna use Zoom because they, they've, they've recognized that some of these platforms just don't have the, the flexibility and the functionality. Then you have to use other apps to do polling and things like that as well. So it's a bit of a, bit of a pain. So yeah. I'd love to know what everyone else is using, what everyone else is enjoying just now. We have got a question actually that I think yeah. would be really useful for you to answer here. Um, so Carol Stitzer, is it Stitzer or Stitzer? Um, new to getting requests for the purchase of a pre-recorded presentation, what is the technology usually used to pre-record these? What, what have you used? 
So I'm, I'm kind of a little bit low tech. It depends on what the client wants. So um, on Monday, I'll give you an example. Uh, I was doing a, a pre-record. It was it was actually a role of an MC role. So rather than do a one hour pre-record, I was actually having to do 40, four video, pre-record videos. So like all the 40? intro. 44. Yeah, so some of them were very, very short. And so it, was, it wasn't too bad. But all I was doing, and I asked the client this, would you like me to film it a green screen with a green screen like I have behind me? And then you can just drop in whatever you want behind you. Or will you send me a background and I can just put it into my software? So in my case, I just used Ecamm, which is what we're using just now. We're going to talk about Ecamm maybe in a moment. And I literally just press record on Ecamm, record it. It sent, creates a, an MP4 file and I just send it to them and then they edit it. If they want something a little bit fancier, then I'll record it with a multicam shoot and give them the raw high, high resolution 4K files. It, so it, it depends, but I, I, this is why I love Ecamm because I could actually just do it all using yeah. Ecamm as well. Yeah, well, you, I'm a convert. I, I'm using Ecamm too. So you yeah. can have, um, so in the answer to your question, you can have, to Carol, you can have two two cameras, you can do all sorts of things. You have your green screen, uh, you can even have captions, you can do all sorts of things. I also do a lot of my videos, but mine are for social media rather than for a client. I use Zoom because what I like about Zoom that Ecamm, I haven't worked out how to do, there's this new filter now on Zoom where you can enhance your appearance. And before you just press a button, but now you can increase the enhancement. So when I'm particularly tired, I can look super, you, can, you know what my tool of the week is going to be now, don't you? Because you can really change. And I can look years younger. Um, you know, I'm actually 95 and um, it's just fabulous. But we've got a few comments here. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what I, we I, got? I definitely need to, I need to get that app, that thing on Zoom. I don't have that. So do you know, so well, yeah. you've got just upgrade to the latest version. I think it's I need great. to upgrade yet. Yeah. So Elaine, Shane, thank you both for sharing. Great conversation. I prefer Zoom. I'm, I'm with you on that. I love Zoom as well. Uh, Sonia prefers Zoom. Elaine also saying team is limited. Microsoft Teams is limited with breakout rooms. Uh, I think, I don't know if it's just happened, but they, they were going to be doing a new version of making it easier to do breakout rooms. I don't know if that's happened. Skype for business, mm, I'm not really sure. Uh, she doesn't want to even talk about Skype for business. No, so no, exactly. Uh, I've been using Zoom. Uh, this is from Tulia, Zoom. Teams, StreamYard. Actually, we're using StreamYard just now. Thank you. StreamYard. We're using it with Ecamm. So, I mean, look at us. We're using two bits of tech at once. Tech. And I set it up. I mean, if I can do it, anybody can. Yeah. And Webinar Jam was the final one. And I use Webinar Jam. I used Webinar Jam yesterday. Uh, I use Webinar Jam if I'm doing more marketing oriented webinars where I want to have calls to action, countdown timers. So I tend, mm. I wouldn't use Webinar Jams for, for corporate clients. I would usually. B2C mm. stuff. Mm -hmm. um, David Avery said, any, any meeting platform that requires downloading, downloading of new software by the speaker or participant is just asking for trouble. It, it is actually. Um, yeah, you're asking yeah. for all sorts of issues with regards to security. I mean, there were lots of issues with security with Zoom, which I think they've sorted yes. out. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's 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 a it's a it's a quagmire, isn't it? Really, yeah. it's just um, such a huge learning curve for all of us, and those of us who are slightly older, it's a bit hard. So before we get into our little final uh, part, part three, um, we just want to take a, a quick moment to thank our lovely folks at London Speaker Bureau. Uh, London Speaker Bureau are, are one of our sponsors for today. London Speaker Bureau is a global resource for corporations and governments for keynote speakers, executive learning masterclasses, and boardroom advisors, representing some of the most influential business leaders and politicians in the world. 
named as the only global speaker international new york times if you need help in choosing a speaker for your next event just go to londonspeakerbureau.com and i also want to say a quick happy birthday to minal uh from london speaker bureau over there in india uh it was her birthday i think it was yesterday as well she's the same date as my wife so happy birthday Minal! ah that's bureau. why you know that's, that's why you know. so listen there is a question here we should answer so yeah. what are the key things to be sure to do when using zoom big list i actually in fact i don't have i've got a list here I this so let me just grab this. You, have you got a list? Can you share it? Can you put it on the yeah. website and then people let can me, download it? Oh, I don't know if I've actually got it. Oh, how many I lists have you got? Oh no, here we go. This is this is how this this shows how low tech I am as well. Every <laughs> single platform I have to use. So this is the WebEx setup one, WebEx setup two. So let's look at my Zoom one, and I actually write down what the position like is of my. It's exactly yeah. like a checklist. So Perfect. Like switch off, restart your computer, put these lights on, do that thing, put the, the screens on. So in, in the case for Zoom, what I will generally do is I will do a complete uh, restart of the computer. Um, and then when the it restarts, I'll go into preferences and I'll set all of my settings in advance. And I'll usually use Ecamm. Just it allows me a little bit more functionality for the audio and the, the video look that I want to have. I'll put on lights just to, to do that. And um, other things I'll do is I'll just, just test that the, uh, the PowerPoint is working and I have it on different screens as well. So I would suggest what you do is for each platform you have to do, just do a little simple checklist uh, for each platform. And it's going to be different depending on the kind of, I mean, I speak every time that I stand and not every speaker does that. So if I'm speaking, it means I have to have like a, an in-ear piece, which you don't necessarily have to have if you're doing, if you're seated for, for speaking and it's all a bunch of other things. So those are the ones I would say as well. Um, uh, actually, there's a question here, just on that note, uh, talking about, we mentioned London Speaker Bureau, our lovely sponsors. Mark Prensky was asking, how do you get represented by London Speaker Bureau? Because you have well, a, that's a whole program by itself, actually. I don't think we've got time maybe, for that. We'll maybe we should do to the agenda. We'll add that to the agenda for the next do, show. Maybe. maybe next week we'll do how to get, how to get, Represented by a speaker bureau. Maybe that's, maybe that's yeah, one yeah. That's We're going about down the tech route here. So very quickly, one more tech, and then yeah. we'll need to move on to our next top point. I think about can you mesh eCam and Zoom? Yes, I use eCam with Zoom. Yeah. Really easy, super easy eCam, and the tutorial um, videos are brilliant. So um, tell me, what's what are we talking about next? Well, this was something you, I think you mentioned when we were just chatting yesterday, and you were talking about Gary Vaynerchuk, which. People have different feelings about him, um, and uh, and obviously I know some clients, corporate clients, wouldn't book Gary because they don't want cuss words and swearing. Other people absolutely love his vibe, like the entrepreneurial community absolutely love usually what what he's about. But you mentioned something quite interesting. I thought where Gary was a leader, uh, and it's something I certainly noticed kind of early on, and I kind of try to apply it to what I do. So yeah, I actually, there's two, uh, there's two things that I think. Uh, I mean, we don't we don't book him as a bureau, um, and I, I follow him because I think he talks a lot of sense in two areas particularly. One is he says we are, you know, we are all in media. We are in media. He's been saying that for a very long time. Obviously, he runs a digital media company, so he's slightly biased, but he's not wrong. And and we have to, you know, we have to think about that. Um, and I'll come back to that because I'm sure you've got some points to 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 add to it. But the other thing he says, which I think 
people forget and it's the most important thing he think he says the most important thing always is your customer so even though he's in media and he's on social media he's not following other people he's following his customers he's mm. listening to his customers and i think that is wonderful i love that um that really important but anyway but, but the media point um you said something to me earlier this week which i thought was fascinating with regards to media regarding a certain president and and how he handled the media recently <laughs> we, we, i thought we were going to talk politics but we're not talking we're politics we're going to talk about framing because uh the current u.s president um one thing he's very very good at is understanding media understanding how to shoot things about angles he's, he understands tv and i was sitting watching when he was coming out of the the hospital uh for walter reed and he came landed into the white house on the helicopter prime time when the most number of people are going to be watching live tv in the united states at that point the helicopter banked round left the sun was starting to set which was really beautiful in, in dc at, at that time of night uh, this time of year as well and then he walked out and i could see how it had been planned how it was beautifully shot and uh, so they were shooting him walking up the stairs but only from certain angles and then that really key shot which is him standing at the top you know, strong, you know, looking up, camera kind of going up, and in the shot with him with his back looking out to the helicopter flying away. That's how a director thinks. Um, and the thing I took from that is as they're doing it, okay, they're doing the, the live event, the live thing of him walking up the stairs and stuff, but they knew that only so many people would be watching that live. They knew that they needed certain images in order that could be work really well in 15 second, 30 second social media loops that could then get syndicated in different places. And that is totally from the Gary Vaynerchuk playbook, I would say, because what Gary is brilliant at doing is documenting everything in his life. And the second thing Gary's very good at doing is having a very good team. So he is just, he's just doing what he's doing all the time. And there's people around him, documenting him, slicing, dicing. I think I saw one thing he did recently where he basically creates one piece of content per week and he gets sliced and diced into 72 different pieces of content. Quote cards. Genius. Well, Genius. Stackable, stackable videos, blogs, LinkedIn posts. That is, is what is needed now. I think the speakers need to do now. The only way you can do that effectively is with having a team or with going, you know, just really kind of going in deep. But the thing I think this is so key that I think speakers need to be thinking about when we do start going back to speaking live is when you're speaking on a stage, thinking well, if you have cameras, like three cameras, or even if you're shooting yourself on that camera, how is that going to work as a 15 second clip? And building your speech to know that, okay, 500 people in the room are going to see it live, but we're going to reuse that content and repurpose that content to go out on social media. And you'll end up creating your speeches in slightly different ways by doing that. You'll create it like a singer, a, an artist would create a, a song with lots of singles rather than this one big long narrative piece. Ooh, that's good. Like that. I like that. I think there's a lot to learn from him. We didn't, get, we didn't right. get into politics too badly, there, did we? we, were, we no, no, no. Okay. We stayed away. I mean, there's a few political comments, and and just, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. So we're going to stay away <laughs> from that. So I think it's quite a good time for us to look at um, uh, our tool of the week. What do you think? Absolutely. So Maria, we should explain what is our tool of the week. So tool of the week is either an app or a gadget that we love, or a person who's a total tool. 
Hmm. <laughs> it's like silence. Shh. I'll start. I'll start. You already know what my tool of the week is because I'm I am loving the fact that I can look 10 years younger on it. I love the fact that I can pretend that I'm Tony Robbins and see 49 people on a screen, which was so cool. Um, so it's Zoom. I love Zoom. I'm a, I'm a Zoomer. You're a Zoomer. Fantastic. And we're going to if people go to thisweekinevent.com, we're going to have uh, all everything we're talking about today and in previous episodes, all the links, all the tools. We're going to have links to those as well. So we'll have, obviously, most of you using Zoom. But some of the other ones we talk about, you might not have. The one I was going to say for this week, you may not have heard about, which is called Kajabi. And Kajabi is really if you want to create online courses, membership programs. And the reason I'm, I'm, I use it myself. I've been using it since 2013. But the reason I think a lot of speakers should be looking at it as a platform is, as I mentioned, Speaking should speaking on stages or virtually speaking should only really make up 30 to 40 percent of your re overall revenue stream. The rest should come from membership subscriptions, online courses. And for me, I just find it one of the easiest ways to create online courses. This week, I'm creating a whole series of online courses. I'm not speaking on a, in any virtual stages this week. So that's I just love it. Really, really nice way. All of our speakers use stuff's on it. And uh, a lot of my speakers, you members are using Kajabi. So that's my tool of the week, Kajabi. And you go to kajabi.com or just go to thisweekinevents.com and we have a link in there for it. Fantastic. So That's there we good. are. Gosh, look at us. Look at us. We're almost on time as well. We, we are. We are. So mad, isn't it? Thank you everyone for coming and joining us today. I think today we've been on LinkedIn. We've been on Facebook. We now have the Facebook page. Uh, and we're on Twitter about, today. We're on we're Twitter, on Twitter as well. today. Ooh. Talking about slicing and dicing. Uh, if you want, you can go to Spotify if you like listening to podcasts and this episode will also be available on spotify i think maybe it's going to go on amazon soon you might have it hopefully hopefully podcast. yeah yeah it's on various it's on six or seven platforms um if you go to anchor.fm you'll see it there um you see we are repurposing our content we, we are. are we are listening to gary we, we, we are listening so gary if you're watching thank you very much for yeah for that. come join us next time come join us next time as well and uh, one thing i was going to say is um if you are a member or you're a leader within any of the speakers associations around the world, there's lots of them, NSA and PSA and APSS. If you are a member or, or maybe part of the uh, exec ex of any of these organizations and you want us to give you a little bit of a shout out for your organization, we want to support speakers and the overall community of all this, the associations. So uh, please just reach out to us. Uh, maybe leave in the comments below if you want as well. And we're going to start giving shout outs to some of the fantastic speakers associations uh, around the world as well. So Wonderful. On that note, it's yeah. goodbye from me. And enjoy your cheese. Thank you. <laughs> and goodbye from me. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.